from the former convent of the Good Shepherd overlooking Inwood Hill Park in New York City. Welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where you meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Aaron Sims, and today we welcome comedian Rory Lutz. Rory is a born and bred New Yorker. He's a comic, writer, painter, and dad to a small and more well-behaved version of himself. He's a believer in the human connection and helping each other, and that laughter really is the best medicine. Rory hosts comedy shows from his uptown apartment and is venturing out to start a production company to bring consistent comedy to the neighborhood. We're going to talk to him about his life and comedy on and off stage, but first, let me welcome you, Rory, to Inwood Artworks on Air. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Pleasure's all yours. Yes, it is, by the way. <laughs> I'm just open to say that. Um, so, how are you? What's going on? I'm all right. I'm hanging in there. Uh, I'm loving the weather. It's finally turned. Like it was hot, and now it's cool. And like, this is perfect for me. And today, I'm just hanging out with my kid, doing the podcast. It's a very chill day so far. Well, we'll keep it that way. All right. All right. Um, well, I think we have one major thing in common. We like to bring people together through storytelling. Yeah, that's one of the pleasures uh, that I've I found recently tr- trying to produce shows. I didn't realize how much I actually like bringing the people together. Like I've done shows and I've hung around. I'm very social outside, but the act of being the person who connects those people has been pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So what's your story, Rory? How did you find your way into comedy? Uh, like most guys, I got into comedy for the women, but apparently it was just one woman. <laughs> no, um, like I got, I went through, uh, I got divorced and then I went through another breakup and, uh, I just needed to kind of rewrite my script. It's like a, it's a, it's not so much a funny story, but I just, uh, I always wanted to be a comedian. I've, I've always enjoyed making people laugh on like a very personal connection. Like me and you sitting here, it was like the perfect example. Like, mm-hmm. and then I just tried to translate it out. I also, I needed to challenge myself. So they say that like public speaking is like the second most feared thing to do besides dying. So I was like, we'll just jump right into that, you know? Well, there's no reason to fear dying. It's going to happen anyway. <laughs> You're not going to know when it happens either. I got news for you. <laughs> it just happens. Right. Exactly. And then you find out if you're right or wrong about heaven or hell, right? Do you? Do I believe? No, I'm saying, do you find out? Like, so, did somebody tell you something? No. That's the point. <laughs> That's the whole point. No one's told us anything. Oh, though. okay. Yeah. I thought you had some inside information you weren't sharing. No, I w- if I did, I'd be rich. Trust me. Well, I was going to say, that's you know, <laughs> you, you, you make a lot of friends pretty fast, yeah. I think. Um, well, is your focus on both writing and performing, or do you take more joy in one over the other? Well, I've always been a writer. Like, I went to college to write, um, and I've just always, I, I was writing p- poems when I was 10 years old. So I love writing, right? But performing is a new is a new thing that I'm starting to, of course, like, I, I was nervous when I first started. Like mm-hmm. I said, it was a challenge for me. I wasn't exactly happy to be doing it. Yeah. But slowly but surely, I've come to the point where performing is fun, and like, I'm a natural performer, and I'm learning how to do it. If I could pick one of the two, I'd pick a job writing full-time job writing for sitcoms or late night TV or even ghost writing for other comedians. Like I really enjoy that, the writing aspect. So why don't you do that? I do it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I there do. you go. So I just it. don't do it as much as I probably well, should. Well, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, well, for those of you who don't know, uh, Rory has hosted regular comedy shows in his own uptown apartment. Um, he, uh, what made you take on the producing reins since you like writing so much and performing? Producing is a whole different beast. Yes. And uh, I'm going to try to answer this question by not making as many people as mad as possible. I just had um, 
like jumping into comedy and now I'm in comedy clubs that, so you can go to Broadway Comedy Club or like New York Comedy Club or you could also go to comedy shows and like coffee shops we you, they they're very different level they're very levels to comedy in New York City and um starting out I'm in the the lower bracket of these shows and I'm realizing that like I could I could do this in my apartment like I didn't I can and I I can draw people in my apartment and I also wanted to produce like a unique venue and like a place where people could feel comfortable and I know it's like apartment shows are like people hear that and they're like it's risky and it's weird but um it's been really nice like if people leave my show and they, they genuinely enjoy the whole atmosphere of like being together and it's not like you know you don't also you don't have $15 drinks $25 tickets how many do you right? how much do you charge for your drinks in your house five bucks a drink oh that's pretty good ten dollar tickets pretty... five bucks a drink nice um, it's that but that was another point a main point for me was to make it affordable yeah also quality comics well it's a hassle too i, I mean for anybody who's ever walked to like the gotham comedy club or whatever and a lot of those guys not all of them and i'm not, being, not playing gotham on the spot either but i'm just saying a lot of those guys are pay to play absolutely uh, and, and it's like you're out there hustling and trying to get 10 people to show up to the show or else they don't get booked kind of thing which is i mean you have to be a producer in some kind of way in that respect but i always i always felt terrible for the performer because it may not be their best strong suit to get people to come see them perform let alone strangers let alone friends yes <laughs> And uh, I've made the decision early in my career that I wouldn't do those, what they call, bringer shows. Yeah. Um, and as a producer, I don't ask anything of the comedians other than to show up. Great. That's it. Show up. I don't limit what they can say or what they can do, because I've also vested the comics. Um, a lot right. of places don't ask to see tapes of comedians. The right. first thing I do is I say, send me a five-minute tape if you want a 10-minute spot. And I know the quality that I bring. And that's a big part of it for me is to bring good comedians. I feel like that's the most important thing as, as a curator of a show or producer, lack of a better term, um, is that you have to have that kind of following and trust in from from your audience and bringing people. Um, so, uh, or else you know you're not going to be able to build on that build build that audience. Absolutely. Um, so, what do you look for when you curate a show? Is it is it strictly stand up, or do you let improv and variety performers take the stage and sketch? So, I have uh, I usually have a musical act open up. Okay. Um, just to warm, you know, to loosen people up and stuff. Uh, my shows at this point, um, are, are comedy, comedy, just comics. I would love to branch out mm -hmm. and do more variety shows. And um, I've been exploring maybe doing themed comedy shows, like, uh, you know, women against men. I have this idea of, you know, like the tallest comedian, to the tallest comedian in New York City. <laughs> Only one guy gets to stay, like. Um, so I'm you just show up without saying anything, you get the job, apparently. Yeah, Until yeah. the next guy shows up, or <laughs> Until girl. Until the next guy. It's just whoever's taller, right, gets to stay in New York City. <laughs> I'm doing a comedy contest on November 5th. I'm excited about that. Um, the first day I, 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 I put it online, I had like 11 yeah. people say I'd love to do it. So awesome. the list is getting longer day by day. Um, and now, are these uh, strictly uptown-based comedians, or do you take them from all over the city? All over the city. I've, I've actually had people... Um, want to fly in from other states to do my show because they've spoken to other people who have had good times at my show. And again, um, I'm not bragging. I'm not bringing 30, 40 people in, but yeah. we do have fun shows. Yeah. So the answer to that is wherever you want to come from, I'm glad to have you. That's really great. And how long are the shows usually? 
an hour and 20, hour, hour 40. Um, like I said, uh, as a producer and the host, it's kind of my job to navigate the show. We've been lucky to the point where like it's just laughed uh, the whole way through every show so far. That's so a lot if of they laughter. go a little longer, it's okay. It's not no one's really dying up there yet. Oh, very good. And so you're talking maybe f- you're booking maybe five to six acts a night. Six, seven, yeah, six, and seven. me, yeah, as the host, and I do a couple jokes in between. So yeah. So you get your writing in too. That was be my next question. It's like it's like, do you have a set yourself, or are you just hosting? And because that's a big deal, you know. Like when you're a curator, people literally look to you as like the guy, or the, the you're them. Like it means like you represent them to take them through the evening. Yeah, you are the, you are the conductor yeah. of the of the train. Absolutely. Um, I I write a new set for every show, uh, and I improv a lot of it. My sh- house shows, I improv a lot of what I talk about. Like the other day. I had gone to get a haircut, and I literally had done, did like two or three minutes on what it's like to be the only white guy in a Dominican barbershop getting a fade, you know what I mean? And like, I didn't write that, I just lived it, and I talked about it. So you didn't just, just didn't tick off a hat and either you laugh, really laugh or you didn't get your haircut? Or no. no, no, but in case you'd listen, and I take sure. a lot of pride in my hair, and it looks really nice right now. Well, for those just listening to the podcast, <laughs> he looks very nice, if you can't see it. Um, so, well, that's... So that's a lot of work. So how often do you do your shows? Um, every other week. Okay. Every other Saturday. Gotcha. And how do people find out about your shows? As of right now, like I'm, I'm putting up flyers and I'm, I'm posting on Facebook. I'm posting on Instagram. I'm posting on display. Um, people ask me, how do you get to people? And my secret is I text everyone I know about three times in two weeks to remind them that I have a show <laughs> coming up on Saturday. You know? That's great. Very it's a, word of mouth. It's a lot of word of mouth at this point. Yeah. That's great. That's very good. Well, um, I just for our audiences, you know, feel free to share it with us, and we can share it with our group people. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, uh the but the name of my spot is called the Laughing Pad. Um, I have an Instagram page. Uh, which is the Laughing Pad. Um, there you go. Uh, my name is Rory Lutz. Obviously, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. Um, I have TikToks, all of that stuff. That's awesome, man. So yeah, we'll definitely put that in the details of this episode, so people cool. can yeah. find you guys. Um, uh, so. I'll, now I also understand. If correct me if I'm wrong, because I do pay attention to the world and what's what's happening uptown and beyond. It's my job to know, because yeah. uh, um, that's what I've done. And uh, as Ken and other people who've known Inwood Artworks for a long time, that's how I started. I started doing vaudeville and variety shows in the back porch of my apartment building. Uh, so I create because there is no proper venue uh, for. Um, performing arts up here in the neighborhood. And I say neighborhood, I mean 242 to 168, really. Yeah, we talked other, about not, other, other than 300, the 3,000-seat United Palace, which is <laughs> lovely, but I don't think you can afford just even, you know, just afford having uh, a security guard on for the night might be too much for us, let alone uh, turning the lights on. Yeah. So um, it's great for the big uh, bus and truck shows, uh, but uh, we're not uh, Adele or, or, or anything like that. So um, Or Lauren Hill or anything like that, which is and power to him, of course, but not for our budgets. Um, so, uh, yeah, I started doing variety, uh, vaudeville and variety shows. And oddly enough, I used to close with music every night, not open with music in my show because I always wanted to pe- send people off feeling good. Um, and uh, uh, but we had, uh, unlike yours, in a way, we had a ver- it was a true uh, mix. Uh, I called it cabinet of curiosities, if you will. Um, What's had, coming up you, next? You could find, but 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 thing is, like, I would never tell anybody who's on. 
So they would trust oh. my curation. Unlike yours, where you're telling you people are going on, the talent, they yeah. would just show up. To, my thing was like, you would show up, and it was word of mouth. Uh, we did have a Facebook page, and and if you got on our mailing list, we could we sent word out to you. But it was a very select few of a couple hundred people or so. Uh, but we did share. We'd share it. We didn't try to be too secret. But it was very much like a speakeasy kind of feel, where you'd show up not knowing, and we'd have you know a case of beer and wine in the back for people. Uh, and your ticket was first off, it was free, and then it was you know ten bucks or something because we just we hit capacity every night. Yeah. So there's literally no more room to put people on there. So but we went. Uh, you know, one night you would show up and you would see you know a magician. Uh, perhaps a Japanese kabuki dance show. Um, <laughs> you'd see singer-songwriters. Um, you'd see uh, a new play, a new 10-minute play by a local... Uh, but, but the thing what we did was was very much about Uptowners, which is slightly different than yours. We used... Uh, not that people wouldn't come from far and wide to perform. Um, we had uh, a friend of mine from actually Brooklyn read from his horror novel and things like that. So, uh, But yes, comics for sure. And uh, so I, I, I say, see a little young Aaron Sims in you. Uh, don't, I, I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm just telling you right now, um, beware. You may end up running your own nonprofit uh, eventually. Hey, you're, uh, a guy, you're, you're the type of dude that inspires guys like me, man. Like, oh, that you. story alone is just enough to keep me running probably for a few extra months. It's like <laughs> you, I, most of the people I bump into, like they're supportive of this apartment show idea, right? But yeah. it, you don't ever bump into anyone who's had the balls to do it. Well, I'm not going to speak about my nether regions on the podcast, but I'll <laughs> thank you for saying so. Uh, uh, and I hear the grapevine, and thank you, I appreciate the compliment, yeah. but um, uh, is it true that you also found a place to do it outside of your apartment? Yeah, so the goal is, uh, at, in the beginning, was always to build and branch out, right? You start with 10, 20, 30, and I can't fit more than 30 in my apartment. So, um, I have a partner, that, a friend, his name is Miller Rogue, and he and I are just canvassing the neighborhood trying yeah. to find decent spots. And he's Mexican rush, taco spots, coffee sure. spots that just, you know, Beans and Vines, we were running a show there for a little while. Um, and oh, he, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's very Alex small. Is great. Yeah, it's a great music. venue, yeah. great place, but I, I think that we needed to move out of there for whatever reasons. I think they're closed now. They're closed, yeah, financial reasons, I believe. That's, that's I, the yeah, main I, reason, you know unfortunately, they're closed. In all fairness to which them, is they, just, you they know, are having sucks. trouble, yeah. I mean, it just sucks. Pandemic casualty. And we were trying to help out by bringing some, yeah, you know, yeah. at least the comics no, can buy a drink. It's great. It just, yeah, it's it great. didn't work. But now we found um, a spot. Cami Modern Kitchen is on 183rd Street and Broadway. Okay. And they have a very nice private space above the bar. Okay. Um, that seats about 25. All right. So let's give it a shot. When's oh, your first show? Uh, Do you have a plan? Coming yet? up Thursday, September 22nd at 8 p.m. is going to be our first show. Okay. Yes. All right. And I'm All excited. Right. And the owner is very excited. And my co-producer is very excited. September 22nd. I don't know if we'll get this podcast. No, up it's then, okay. Yeah. But, we're going to uh, be doing we'll it do uh, the best. last Thursday. Right now we're scheduled to do it the last Thursday of every month. Oh, okay. That's great. So that's yeah, better people. It's going to be monthly. Know. The goal is to show um, Israel is the owner's name of Cami Modern Kitchen. He's a gentleman. The, the menu's great. Um, th he's been so wonderful. Like, we're really hoping to, like, maybe make wonderful. this twice a month, you know, Very at some good. point. Well, it, it, there's, there's actually a place for it in the community. And I'll just also give a two little shout outs here to uh, two friends of mine who are also 
wonderful comedians in their own right. Eric Vedder, who's done No Name for years at Word Up, and he used to do it in, in Queens. Uh, Kevin Barry uh, used to do the Dope Show at Parkview. I remember for, the Dope for, Show for years as well. Um, and uh, Parkview is no longer doing uh, Dope. But um, Kevin's still very much, he actually performed for us this summer, opened one of our Alfresco shows. Um, and then Eric is, you know, a legend. He's still around doing great work in our community. Uh, just had a birthday. Happy birthday, Eric. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's great. Uh, you know, I, I love to say that high tide raises all boats. And so it's great that you're adding your, your hat to the ring and bring, bringing more uh, joy to our uptown community. So, so thank you for doing what you're doing. You're welcome, man. There seems to be a huge vacuum of uh, no comedy, like you said, above 168th Street. There just yeah. is nothing here. Well, that's what I did. That's is why I. Long story short, for the part B of the back porch show is that I was starting the idea of saying I live here, and there's crazy. There's always crazy talented people living in our neighborhood, and this is what Inwood Artworks is about: is champion local artists. And by doing so, guess what? A local arts going audience showed up, and so you kind of did. It's like to me, I was doing two things at the same time without knowing it, but just just habitually. So it was great saying, okay, so I can. You know, there is an audience for it here that and so why go downtown when we possess not only the audiences, but the awesome artists here who could hopefully earn a couple shekels. And I did pay people to perform when we when we built up to it beyond the free yeah. show. Um, you know, we get 50 bucks here or there. It's not a lifesaver, but something at least as a stipend because we had zero budget for this whole thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I feel like, you know, this, you know, we're using, I think it's great that you're, uh, congratulations to Cami for helping you out, um, that, uh, you know, use the neighborhood as a canvas to create, like we started doing our Inwood Film Festival above a dispatch, uh, on 214 10th Avenue, our first festival. Now we're using Columbia. Um, we started doing our film works fresco in the parks and we've done it all and we've done it in four different parks and and we just did one at 168 in Haven, Haven Plaza uh, and so where it gets out you know so I'm saying we've taken over dormant commercial space like Dominican nightclubs and um, restaurants that have closed and t turned them into performing arts venues and galleries so I'll just say like you know, find your niche and keep going at it. And whatever works for you, it works. But I think, you know, to my, I'm living proof. Um, you have to be a dreamer and a doer. And uh, a lot of dreamers out there who, uh, who uh, have great ideas that don't follow through. And there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, I appreciate you doing what you're doing. And I say, you know, uh, I'm living proof it can it can happen. So keep, yeah. keep it going, man. All right. Yeah, it hasn't been uh, easy. It's been fun, but it hasn't been easy. It will never be easy. <laughs> <laughs> I hate also, to break it to you. <laughs> I, I'd like to let people know that a lot of producers lose money in the beginning of ventures. Yeah. So we really do care about providing it. When someone's losing money, yeah. you know that they're yeah. in it for the right. And there's some great restaurants too to support people. Like for instance, I'll call it a few good like local vendors like Jazz Wahai, uh, Mark and Louise. We've had in podcast. Um, you know, they perform at Kismet uh, Restaurant on sure. yeah, yeah. uh, seven ish in the world in Pinehurst, uh, all that area, Fort Wash, actually. So I live right there. I'm a block yeah. away from right And, um, you know, uh, La Kayla has sponsored things in the past. I feel um, there's um, uh, Inwood Farm slash Indian Road Cafe uh, has been a spot for artists in the past. So we've done stuff there. 
Um, Amore's uh, Cafe does great stuff on Tuesday nights. I think Canave does as well on Broadway and Thera-ish. Sorry, Arden Thera. Can't recall off the top of my head. Um, so there's a lot of people. There's a lot of, I think, people who do really want the local community to reinvest in themselves. And I, that's what I like about what you're doing, too. It's like it's up here and not every performer has to be from up here, but you know the fact that the matter it's happening here is a major thing, and that the local uptown community hasn't yet another opportunity and arts entertainment option. That's the whole point. I'm doing it up here. That's great. So the real question is, you know, you say you're a really good writer and a comic. What does your son think about your work? <laughs> well, he's probably the funniest guy in the family, to be honest with you. But he gets his sense of humor from me, so he wouldn't have it if I didn't. If I wasn't born with him. Your son's name is Axel. His Axel Hudson Lutz, yeah. And how old is he? He's going to be eight in October. Eight? Yeah. Wow. And he's already writing jokes, and he's funny, and he's got perfect comedic timing. And even as I speak about him, he's sitting in the corner. You couldn't be bothered to look up. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> he's a sweet kid, though. He's, got, he's a natural comedian. He enjoys making people laugh, too. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, like father, like son. Yeah. Well, well, he's a lot like his mom, too, so he's a sweetheart. Oh, that's nice to say. That's very nice of you to say. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have him on the show in a few years. Chances are he's going to be the funniest human being walking on Earth at some but point. But will he be the tallest? We'll be able to do your show. He's going to be taller than I am, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky to be 5'10 at this point. Well, Rory, uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Absolutely, man. Uh, Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. And before we say goodbye, uh, uh, any current and forthcoming projects so you have just 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 sum up here we have the 22nd next week uh then the last thursday of the month you said is what's going to be for it's going to be the last thursday of the month at cami modern kitchen right now um the laughing pad is running shows uh every other weekend we're having the 24th uh then october 8th october 22nd november 5th uh november 19th and Laughing Pad has a Facebook page too. It has an Instagram page. Just, I haven't just, set up just the Facebook Instagram. page okay. yet. Uh, yeah, but you can find me on on Facebook. My name is Rory Lutz. Uh, Very good. I'm, I'm all, always all, all over it. So. Trying to find ways of connecting people to your work is what I'm trying to do. Yeah, here, no, so. I get it. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, listeners, we'll put some of those links in our description of our episode, like I said before. Thanks again to Rory Lutz here for joining me on this Artist Spotlight episode of In What Artworks On Air, where we meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home here in Upper Manhattan. If you have a moment, please show us some love right now by rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Many thanks to Church of Good Shepherd here in Inwood, New York City for hosting us, and to Hidesites.com for local uptown promotional support. You can support On Air and all of our programming by making a tax-free donation at inwoodartworks.nyc backslash donate and via Venmo. You can support On Air and follow us here uh, on social media at Inwood Artworks to keep up with all that we do, including the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Al Fresco, art galleries, live performances, and so much more. Inwood Artworks On Air is proud to be supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks On Air. <laughs>